0: Welcome to the seventh podcast by Five Pin Universe. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. We have the usuals, Adam Weber, Dexter Wiseman, and Tim Wiseman. And special yes. guest today is Mark Miller, 2012 Autumn Open champion, and is currently sitting eighth in the WCVT in the points in the 2018-2019 season. All right, so our first topic will be competitive coaching. How do you guys feel about it being a part of the Open, the Masters, any of the competitive circuits, do you guys feel it's necessary, or I guess are the co- competitors good enough that they don't need the coach? What are your thoughts?
1: I, I think uh, I think if we're talking about like the highest level of the game, like if we're talking about like Masters Nationals and and the Open Nationals and so stuff like that, I think they're like two totally different ball games, completely. I think I think Masters coaching is the 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 actual physical coaching is far more important than it would be for the open you know like small little tweaks if somebody starts to struggle cuz you know you you're you're stuck with the person right he's if he's struggling you got to find a way to get him out whereas the open is definitely all about team management more than anything you know making pulls at the right time pulling people when they are struggling and that being said, I think I think the uh, coaching for the open is really really important, especially with teams that with personalities that may not always work overly well together. We're really fortunate here in Edmonton that we 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 kind of all get along really well. Um, but uh, in situations where maybe maybe people have, uh, for lack of a better word, a bigger ego than whatnot. I think it's really important to have a coach in there to make those decisions so that you don't have individuals feeling hurt that a team would be like, hey, get out, you know? Um, I, think, I think it's better to have that, that responsibility put onto one person where you can focus your, your thoughts and, and ideas towards that person rather than being maybe hurt by a, a group of people, right? So I think they're two different ballgames completely, but I think they're both very important. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm similar in that that kind of thought
2: process. Although the, I think I differ a little bit on on the masters side in comparison. Uh, I, I honestly, I think coaching on the open is is more extreme uh, because you do have the polls to worry about. You do have uh, the lineups and everything as well. Uh, whereas I, I just don't see being able to do like a player coach in that type of scenario. Uh, whereas Masters, uh, you know, there is no polls. Yes, uh, you really have to focus on, on the, the five guys that are in there and, uh, you know, make that correct lineup, uh, make sure that they're, they're ready to go uh, for a situation, thing, things like that. Uh, but I, honestly, I think in the Masters, you might be able to get away with, uh, with a player coach. Uh, but overall, uh, high-level coaching, it, it, it can literally make or break a tournament for a team. Right. When, when you're going into these these nationals and you know the, you, you win or lose by a point right one coaching decision you know can make that big difference uh, you know uh, that one speech over 20 some games to, just to, to rally to, to bring it back and win it totals it, extremely important yeah so so many decisions for them to make that uh, i just don't think you'd be able to, to do as a player coach so my, my opinion is yes you absolutely need it at uh, these high levels that we play my
3: personal thought is I really, I, I think it's more of a game manager than anything, right? I, I think, I don't, I agree with Adam. I, I don't think the Masters is necessarily needs a coach there, to be honest with you. I think the Open, you need somebody there just to, to manage the game. Manage, a lot of the game is managing egos and personalities with, with lineups, right? And I, I think the only thing I like to see in a coach, especially when you're playing the Open or the Masters, is, I don't want to have to worry about lineup. I don't want to worry about who am I following. I really don't care. Just set the lineup. I trust you and it's getting over with. Right. And I guess the only thing I would require in a coach, I mean, other than a little tinkering here and there, because I mean, if we're all at a high level, I don't think we really need a whole lot of coaching. But I, I think a lot of it is, is, is honestly, is just keeping the morale up. Right. You have a coach in there that goes in there and, and it just, it's, it just goes after you all the time because you're not doing something right. I, I don't know. It just kind of brings down the team, right? So I, uh, I think it's – I personally think definitely more of a game manager and team manager more than a coach.
4: I think a coach is 100% necessary. you got five guys, six guys who are in the forest and looking at the trees when you get a coach – can step back and see what the bowlers don't see these these coaches uh, these poor coaches have to deal with some of the worst personalities (laughs) potentially and and to be able to uh, put these players in a spot tell them what to do and that's the way it's going to be because I've been on teams where uh, potentially you have Two guys who get very headstrong, and it's uh, it's not good. And you need a mediator. You need a guy to go in there and say, "Hey, boys, pull your heads out of your bumholes, and uh, and uh, get to work." I don't. I don't know. From a technical aspect, I actually don't think you do, but but we I shouldn't. think from the manage, we shouldn't. Yeah, we shouldn't. But um, yeah, I don't know. I. I love the coaches. I, I like how a coach is in there. When I'm struggling, I can turn back to a coach, ask him what to do. Uh, when I'm not seeing an eye, I'm, I'm just taking personal responses here. That it just It's just easier for me to relate uh, back to the coach what exactly is going on, what the situation is, and I can get his feedback on uh, what to do. And that's not even taking into consideration the open, uh, the five-pin open, uh, and the lineups, uh, which, is, which is 100% a whole nother ball game when it comes to egos and attitudes. So, I don't know. We're instilled with coaches from, from a young age. And uh, from a young age, for the youth challenge, for the four steps, I think it's a lot of technical as we move into the adult uh, situations, the Masters, uh, the, the Open, whichever. Uh, I think a, a coach is a 100% necessity I don't know if you need them for singles, but in, in in regards to teams, I agree with you guys. Yeah, you you need a coach in there. You cannot have a coach player. You are asking for trouble. Period. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> that's think, all I'm gonna say.
0: Yeah, you're gonna run into personality problems with that. I think I lean more towards the way Tim looks at it. You don't need a coach so much as you need a manager, somebody to manage the lineups, yeah. to manage the personalities, to decide when the right time to pull somebody in the open would be. Right. The coaching yeah. aspect, it, it doesn't really need oh to be there. As much as maybe the player needs some tips, like they turn around and they say, maybe they're, they are they notice something in their own game and they're asking the manager, what do you see? That would be something. <clears throat> but as for like having like a level two coach, to me that doesn't make much sense. Th- those players got there by their talent alone. And yeah, they maybe had some coaching in youth bowling and stuff to get them to where they are. But they're there for a reason so now they might just need some little tweaks here and there but they don't need a a level two coach to tell them how to play the game i think it's more of a managing and yeah there's there's a little bit of coaching but not to the effect that we need a level two coach to be there that to me that seems ridiculous but
3: when i i mean for me like i wanted somebody to reassure me right so I always look at score. I always look at everything like that. And if somebody comes up and says, hey, like I need, you need to rip a deuce out or you need you get that corner, or something like that, that's something I what I need, right? Mm-hmm. Kerry and I were on a team once and we, and one coach forgot to tell one of our players that he needed more than two points. So he just threw it in the wood. He ended up ripping a deuce and tying the match. Right. And or- that's what we need in a coach is just letting us know where we are in that situation, right? It's not the player's fault. It's just that we. So that's what I think we need in a management.
2: Why aren't you throwing the a ball every time to clean up whatever you're trying to do? Why? Absolutely.
1: why, Why do you have
2: to throw it in? <coughs> why would you ever change your mental process on that?
1: And and if you're trying to throw it into the wood,
2: how do you no. throw it into the deuce? No, the, the situation
0: oh, yeah. was a little bit more than a full rack, guys. That there, there was a headpin okay, pulled yeah. out, right? So you throw oh, okay. it you throw okay. it on the inside of the three pin side yeah, so you don't okay. throw it okay. through the hole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ends okay. up clipping no, a deuce okay. to tie the match. But anyways, okay. it doesn't matter here nor where. I, I agree with Tim. Where was where was the coach slash manager at that okay. point in time saying what you know what, you need three to win. That's and that's all we need to hear, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Right. We're we're gotta, all at that level, I think.
0: And I think that's what we need to hear. Yeah, I guess I lean towards you you don't need the level two coaching aspect, you need the manager and maybe a small coaching here and there, but the the necessity to have such a high level coach at a national seems outrageous. It doesn't fit the yeah. fit the thing. But
3: to be to be honest with you, I, I should know an answer. That uh, I don't know if it's required, right, from CAC that we ha- on a national level event that we need these levels. And I think it could be to be honest. You with do,
0: you, you do. Well, right. So in Alberta, we require it. Do we not? Yeah, yeah we because we turned know, away I've, coaches that don't have level two, so we better yeah. be requiring it. We are it and that's where the
4: grants come from, guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. You you need it. It's it's the Canadian uh, coaching. It's unfortunately uh, to get these grants through the government of Canada for the sport of bowling, you need level two coaches. That is just that's just the way it is, and so we're jumping through hoops.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right, right.
4: Um, no, so I so I you necessarily lower,
1: need one there. Yeah. Oh, but.
3: And I guess, I guess what we can say is may, maybe I, on a personal level, I might feel the amount of money we spent on a coach to go to nationals might be excessive, right? When well, we really might not need one, right? But if it's part of what we have to do, unfortunately, with to get the grants through, three, through CAC and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I guess it's, if it might you're happen. sending a person anyways, and in order to get this grant money, it has to be a level two person. What's the point of sending somebody to manage a team? It's going to cost the same amount of money. You might as well right. send the level two get the grants. That makes yeah, a lot yeah. more sense. Yeah. It
1: it costs the money to send them, but it, it makes you money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess that does make sense. Yeah.
4: The other thing I wanted to touch on with the coaching is um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I remember uh, the first time I ever went to a nationals, and I was terrified. Now you send a team with five six guys that are thirty years old who's been there done that. Yeah, they're fine. You send two, three, 19, 20-year-olds on a team, and a coach is huge. You need that guy. Um, yeah. Unless you're expecting yeah, the fair. other two or three guys to step up. But I remember I was absolutely terrified the first time I went. So uh, with that said, we also yeah. You also
3: had a good leadership on your team too, right?
4: Yeah. We had a, we had a pretty good anchor bowler. Uh, I can't remember his name. Andrew or something. And Andrew Weber, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, i've never seen somebody throw three
2: balls as quick as mark miller did in the finals of a match we need every 10 to go five <laughs> miss miss i've never Fair seen by. three balls that quick in my entire life uh, so that's where you that's where you need what, your coach right what <laughs> where you need somebody to, to pull you back to just rein you in right but no one of one of my favorite experiences mark well, what 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 are you guys' thoughts on having you know coaches
1: in the pits with singles? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to talk about too. Is that really necessary? They spend they spend the entire tournament bowling on their own, and then all of a sudden you have to have a coach behind you. You're you're not forced to have a coach in the pit, are you? Nope. I wouldn't yeah, think so. No, you're not. No. Just everybody does just to have somebody with them.
2: It, it, it's happens. definitely nice to have somebody just to, to talk to or just kind of get those jitters out. Uh, I, I've had some excellent, excellent coaches in the pit with me. Uh, and literally, they don't have to do much. They just just ease the situation, right? So you can go out there and actually compete. Uh, I, I I love them in there. I, I, I've i always contemplated not having a coach uh, in the pit. And, and quite honestly, if, if I didn't feel I had you know, the right person or the right fit in the pit with me, I'd probably go solo, to be honest. I, I'm sure there's others out there that probably feel the same. Per- I've personally seen coaches in singles mm-hmm. hurt their players in the pit. I've personally yeah. seen it, and I I jump all over because I know it's coming, and by that point it's too late, and that coach cannot pull that player back in. So,
1: I guess I have my own mechanisms for that kind of stuff as it is. You know, I, I'm never, I've never been the guy to sit down below. I'm always constantly moving. I mean, t- team situation is totally different, obviously. But like as a single bowler, you know, I'm always up top, moving around at the back. I'm always chatting with people. It's just kind of how I unwind. And I just, I just can't sit there and and think about bowling nonstop. So I guess for me, if I if I didn't have a coach in the pit, I'd just be at the back talking to somebody, anyways guaranteed that'd be what it, what, it, what i'd be doing so i don't know if it, if it would make a huge difference to me because i mean you have 10 frames right it's sound like they're gonna yeah. tell you something like hey you're doing this not in 10 frames you no. figure it out yeah I, again it, it's yeah. not the technical side of it though right no. for sure exactly it, it's
2: definitely not the technical side but just having that calm voice in there it's amazing what it does yeah i don't know i, I honestly like i said i felt a little bit weird with it
3: the first time. I know I, I, Adam, you have a good connection with Lynn in there, good vibe, good, good stuff over the years, right? And I know I, I lost you that one time, but, uh, but, but with that being said, it was really, it was really weird, right? I mean, you're sitting there for three hours or two and a half hours before you get a play. And as the first seed and, in, I mean, nothing against Casey. I think Casey's is a great coach, but mm-hmm. for, for a long time, we're as bowlers, we, highly competitive, we play all these events, singles by ourselves, and then you feel obligated. I mean, nothing to get – I wouldn't have taken Casey any other time, but you feel obligated to have a coach in the pit. That being said, how often do you have a one-on-one coach, right? And you, you, you it, it is weird because you're up there and you have a one-on-one coach watching you the whole time and giving you the motivation, which is great. But for a first-time player, I mean – I. I know Adam would have beat me regardless of, of that situation, but I felt like it, it, it felt like it was a little bit awkward, right? You know. And the second time I was more prepared with it. Uh, I had Gino, and Gino was great too. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't think. I think we're more prepared without having a coach for that.
1: It's more of a normal comfort sort of situation. Yeah. It's it's, it's your normality, right? Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't feel normal. That's for sure. <laughs>
2: You might be one of those players that uh, that bypasses a coach next time, right? You never yeah. know when that time is going to come because literally at this level, it, it, your, your next time might be the last time, right? So, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see how that plays out next time for you, Tim.
1: And I'm sure other things weigh in on it, too. I mean, even if you are a person decides to, like, you know, maybe pass over a coach, is there someone that's going to be hurt by that, too? Because, I mean, realistically uh. – I mean, we we go there with you know a bunch of people that we probably bowl with our most of our lives. So you got to think there's probably someone sitting there being like, I wonder if he's going to ask me, you know. And then and then for you sure. pick no one. You have to do what's right by you.
0: Like, uh, let's just take last year's situation. Last year, provincial open for Alberta was three central players made the men's side, so. It was Gary Baird, me, and Gino. Gino, I think, was fifth going in, or fourth. So he was playing the first match. He didn't take a coach, uh, because it's Gino Zbarth, and he doesn't need a coach. So he went and played, and he ended up losing to Derek. Derek Loki, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he ended up losing to Derek. So then Derek ends up playing Gary next in the stepladder. So Gary asked Gino to go and coach him in the pit. So... When you run into a situation like that, you're, you're going to run out of coaches pretty quick because, let's say, Gino would have took Mike Tweedy, who was the men's coach for that year for the Central Men's, all of a sudden, who does Gary have to go? Does he have to find another Central player? He can ask pretty much any level two coach in the building, as far as my understanding, correct? Correct. Right. Yeah. So, so now no, you yeah. start running out of coaches, right? And... Not saying that I didn't want Mike to be my coach, but I would obviously pick Gino because I grew up with Gino for 25 years of my whole bowling career. And he wasn't an option at the time because I let Gary pick Gino. So now I felt obligated to pick another coach, which I would pick Mike anyways. But I didn't feel comfortable enough to play the stepladder without a coach there just because I guess you grew up watching everybody having a coach in the pit. So I think that has a mm-hmm. little stigma to it as well, right? There's, yep. You see it happen, so you decide to do it as well? mm
2: mm-hmm. yeah. well, we, we were under the lights too, right? So there's yeah. a little bit yeah, more more une- uneasiness, right? So just having another person in the pit, yes, you've got every spectator back there. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can go sit at the bench and have whoever in your ear who's not a level two, who's not in uniform. Uh, you you could have also went outside your zone.
0: Mm-hmm. as an
2: option right yeah. um, there, there, there's there's so many variables but yeah a lot of times it's well who goes and asks you know that coach first
0: yeah yeah right
2: and uh, if that person gets knocked out and I've seen it very often on uh, if you've got a, a female and a male single going at the same time right and uh, both are kind of vying for the same same coach um, at that point yeah it's do you basically run with one coach or yeah like say you always have the option to, to, to run solo. And quite honestly, I, I don't think we would be um, far off from our, our normal game without a coach. No, they're 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 just there to 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 bitch and complain to when things aren't going your <laughs> way, right? right? Uh, or or just get that that extra little bit of you know uh, you know positivity.
0: Nope. Yeah, for sure. I,
2: th-
3: that's uh, allegiances too, right? I mean, think about it. If you go outside your zone. Out At the open a lot of people it's different. I think maybe for the guys because we all kind of travel together a lot of us but I mean for you you have your three open coaches that are on your team and Then all of a sudden you jump ship and don't pick one of them, right? You feel kind of obligated in a way to maybe pick up a whole zone one or your own zone one before somebody else's or even another province I mean, a uh, prime example was uh, Jen Baker. Jen actually took one out of the crowd, right? But that was different because she's from both Alberta and Newfoundland at that time, right? But uh, when she won, in I think no But uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel obligated to pick an Edmonton maybe coach, when maybe you might have a better connection with somebody from Calgary or Central, right? We've always
2: had that kind of, you know, <laughs> that line right between yeah. you know Calgary and Edmonton, and uh, I still remember playing in Lloyd Minster and Derek Holm ended up picking DB
0: mm-hmm.
2: as a coach, right? So it, it's just somebody you're familiar with, somebody that, that's going to help your game. Just talk to you on whatever level you need to to be talked to or, or, or not be talked to. Just having somebody in the pit. Like, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine. Just, just have uh, you know, Bruce Mortar sitting in, in a chair behind yeah. you. How, how do you think you're going to play? Better confident. Than, yeah. uh, just confident. Hell, you got the best player ever right behind you you're going to play better, right? It, it, all of a sudden, it just changes your mind. If your mind's mm-hmm.
0: positive, you're going to play positive and confident. So, in your opinion, what is the greatest accomplishment you've had in five-pin bowling? Everything's going to weigh about the same, I, but what I, was your favorite? I can I can lead. Um,
4: okay. I haven't... Uh, I've won a few things, but I haven't nearly trophy case you guys have. I've been fortunate <laughs> enough to win the, the C5 title with Adam and Team Calgary back in Oh, God, 2011. And then I got the singles title in 2012. And the atmosphere from 2011, winning with five other guys, uh, partying with five other guys that evening. And to this day, I'm still in touch with all five of those guys and the moments we had. You know what I did after I won the Autumn Open? I went home, I went to bed. <laughs>
0: oh, so you're <laughs> one of those guys that didn't buy supper after their win. <laughs> I got <gotcha>. you. <laughs> So,
4: uh, long story short, I loved that moment in 2011. We went into BC. We had three rookies. We weren't supposed to be there. Uh, We were supposed to come third or fourth at the Open. We didn't stand a chance. And then we take the – I was one of the rookies and two other rookies, Eric Christensen and Stephen Lorsher. And we ran it. We were never really close to not being first. We finished first. And then we took on – it was in Surrey. We took on the Surrey boys in their home. Home Center, and uh, yeah, I believe they got us the first game, but uh, we ended up sneaking out the second mm-hmm. game. And was it, that... it was it, it was down to the last ball.
1: Was that uh, they or, got these aces? Last... yeah. Was um,
4: that with or without yeah. Darcy? Dar- Darcy Wheeler. That, that was Darcy. Darcy threw strike pitch in ten. Well, I actually I actually remember the moment very well. Eric went up and went spare strike or something, and uh, there a guy goes up spare strike and. Darcy goes up and throws a bomb, and I'm going, wow, we got Adam Weber. All he needs to do is throw a strike. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, and Darcy, and I'm we're doing the math really quick, and if Darcy throws the next one, because he was on a strike at nine, he gets an, another 30 count. We're dead, and uh, he, he just missed, and then uh, we needed to hit a pin, and I don't think Adam came 10 feet within, the, within that foul line
2: and just, <laughs> you
4: know, on that third and final shot, and what a moment! It was just for for somebody like myself. It was my first year competing in the open. Uh, I went on a Calgary team that's not supposed to win, and we go all the way to win gold. Super super special, and honestly, just yeah, that's that's my moment. Um, mm. I know I got the autumn too. That's cool. It is cool, but it's no it's no C five title for sure.
1: I think uh, I think mine's similar. I guess two moments, but I guess different for different reasons. Uh, mine would be the 2010 Open Championships. I mean, we, we won Masters Nationals uh, two years ago, and that was amazing. But 2010, similar situation. We had, you know, three rookies on the team uh, at Nationals, so the me, Tim, and Brent Mapstone, and we were all really young, like early 20s. And it, it was just a, a really cool experience. We just got along so well. Brett Mapstone missed an entire day because he was too hungover at 3 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> at 3 p.m., yeah, we played um, with five bowlers that last day, yeah. And we played, we played great. It was, uh, it was just a really neat, awesome experience. And uh, I mean, Adam sitting there talking about Bruce Mortar It's for me, both my experience, my favorite experiences wrap around someone saying something. And uh, for me, for that one, it was—I uh, remember it finishing, and then Bruce Mortar walking over to me and like high-fiving me and like shaking my hand really hard and being like, "You are a national champion, Bruce Mortar, it was it just, it just, It's just—it's just—it's overwhelming, and it's really cool to do it with Tim. I mean, he's a pain in my butt, but it's neat to win anything with your brother. The other one is. Winning TPC, winning the Autumn Open this year was great, but winning TPC was really cool too. Running both sides, I, I mean, I was terrible on Friday. I qualified on Saturday when I had no business qualifying at all, and then playing really well on Sunday. But running both sides all the way to the end, and then uh, I got to face Mark Johnstone three times in the same day, which is kind of a, a neat fact. And then winning in the uh, winning the finals there, and I, and again. I think I shot him out in like the eighth frame. I, I threw a, a, a really good strike in the eighth frame. And uh, Lynn Howell was the one that was back there. And all I couldn't hear anything from anybody else, but I could hear Lynn Howell in the back being said, that's a championship ball. And then I didn't do the math, but I knew, I knew at that point it was over. So it was, yeah, it's just a really, really cool, fun experience. And yeah. It's amazing what those words can do.
3: Well, Dester did say 2010 that is for like I guess, I guess you always look at pinnacle achievements. you always want to look at or crowning achievements you, you've, you worked you so hard to get to that level and all of a sudden you, you get there right And I think the thing the, the thing with national championships 2010 or I think it was what 20, 2017 with you, Adam, right we, you forever have those bonds with those people that you win with, right? whether you guys move away or things, you know, you don't see each other forever, you already have those bonds in, in the history books. Even though it's just five pin bowling to some right, we, we're always there gonna be together, right? Twenty ten was really cool. I mean winning with Bruce it was and Lynn is the coach, but when when you talk with Bruce, there was a couple different instances I think was really cool. Uh, we lost the first game in the in the we were first seed. we lost the first game. Somebody mentioned something from the other team and said, oh, we got this in the bag, right? I'm not going to say that name. And then Bruce looked at us, and he just kind of brought that calming aura around him. He's like, well, they're not going to win another game. We got this, right? And I think we started off with two four-baggers and two turkeys to start and a double plow or something, and and we kind of just went lights out after that. I remember that really, really well. And, and I remember, actually, I think it was Jimmy Lillen. He was posting on Facebook. He was because we're at uh, St. Vitale. And Jimmy says, how do you start the best player ever on the bench, right? And it, Bruce had this aura around him where, even though I, I never saw real Bruce in his prime, I've seen Bruce really good. But Bruce just had that aura around him where people were just nervous around him because he knew how good he was, or right? And uh, he didn't have to do anything. just had to be there. And obviously, I think um, I know it's against Mark, but I mean that match we had in the Autumn Open. I think I, I was, it was the only match that wasn't videotaped, but <laughs> but it was. Yeah. I think I think that match was honestly. I know you were the you know maybe the you know latter end of it, but uh, I, I you well, I, I'd never seen another match like that in forever, right? And and for for a couple days later to find out that was the match that won. I, I was I don't know. I, I felt like I was part of the club, right? You, I hang out with all you guys all the time, and and uh, and we always give each other the gears like, oh, have you won a tour tournament? Well, nine times out of ten, or 99% of the time, I would shut my mouth and sit in the corner, right? So <laughs> I, I was part of the club, and uh, and I think that was big with me, and it's been tough since because you always want to get that achievement and try to get motivated again to be there. I, I find it, you know... I'm okay with it, right? I'm satisfied with it, and I think those two achievements always meant a lot. Yeah,
2: for, for me, it, it I think the the Open Nationals are probably where the majority of my, my favorite moments. Uh, that that team in 2011, yeah, the team of misfits. We like there's no reason that we were supposed to win provincials. Controversy that year too with uh, with uh, the singles title because I actually had to choose. Okay. Uh, that that year, uh, honestly, probably one of the toughest <laughs> three, probably two or three decisions of my life uh, was to either go as a single or, you know, potentially disappoint, you know, five of my friends. Decided to go as a team, go to Nationals on paper, were probably fourth or fifth best team, have no reason to, to, to even be there, and then just, just run Uh, And then do it for Calgary. Because Calgary at that point, uh, is it the only Calgary national title still? Uh, Or or, or maybe uh, one before us? There was one one in the 70s. But uh, a real, real long time. Obviously, that that team in 2017, Sudbury, uh, with with you, Timmy, uh, quite quite honestly, Mm -hmm. I've, I've never been on a team with seven people that gelled. Uh, that, that experience in itself was amazing. You guys carried me to, to that gold. And then what, what I still kind of classify as my, my career shot was uh, 2007 against uh, Mike Warren. Ended up, uh, I think I qualified second. Uh, had to, not sure who I, who I beat uh, in the first, in the 2-3 the, the game. Uh, went up against Mike Warren. Came down to the 10th frame of that first game. I needed, uh, I think I was down twenty nine. And I go up there. At that point, I could never spare a chop off, ever. Uh, Chop off first ball, just somehow barely get the spare on it, real, real thick, and then uh, the the, the whole world kind of stopped. And Mm -hmm. I I know everybody's kind of been in that zone every once in a while, but everything just went slow motion. And uh, I threw literally the best ball of, of my career at that moment. And uh, through the strike, uh, and then you know crushed him in the last game type thing. So, yeah, those are probably the, the, the career defining. Uh, a couple other little like little fun ones. Uh, you know, I, I own the, the the high average in both Calgary and Edmonton, which is kind of kind of odd that that happens. And yeah, still still chasing Bruce for, for the autumn. I don't think I'm going to get it. Uh, we've we've got five autumn Open champions on the the, the cast this year. Uh, this week, and that's pretty incredible to see.
0: I guess my favorite would be 2009 Masters. The men's tournament team consisted of five players who all originally came from Central Alberta, which doesn't happen too often in a Masters team. Um, Usually you have a couple from Edmonton, a couple from Calgary, somebody from Central, but to get all five originals, that was uh, pretty cool. So it was me, Gino, Victor, Foubert, Gary Barrett and Mark Johnstone. And it was the 100 year anniversary of five pin bowling. And after we all qualified, Gino went and went out and bought gold jackets cause he said we're winning gold. And to just, we just, we were never really in trouble the whole thing. I think the second day we had some struggles, Ontario passed us for a couple of games and then we just took off again, just won it outright. Probably one of the coolest moments ever. Gino's done that a couple of times. times. The gold jackets. And then I forget which year it was when we won open gold. Our central men's team all ended up wearing different colored shirts to qualify for the men's team out of the zone.
4: 2016. Looked like, yeah,
0: yeah. looked like a rainbow. And Gino's like, you know what's on the end of a rainbow? Pot of gold. And we ended up going all the way through <laughs> winning it all again. So uh, pretty cool moments. Yeah. Um, and both of them came with Gino. That's kind of weird, hey? Yeah, it's it's neat yeah. to have those favorite moments or those great moments that have come through a sport that uh, allows you to travel the country for literally pennies considering you play, for Masters, you play six tournaments throughout the year, so you spend just under a grand, but you get to go to Nationals, you get to do all this stuff to play a sport that, is literally you're only doing it for fun because if you're not doing it for fun, you're making a big mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's pretty neat. I agree. Mm-hmm.
3: Keeps us going, right? You always <laughs> want to hit that, get that moment again, right? So, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: For sure. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned it there a little bit, Dex, uh, about you know, love, love playing with Tim on teams and winning with Tim and all that, but. Uh, well, what about some of the family rivalries that we've got in the sport right now? Like, I, I think you and you and uh, Tim are definitely the prime example. Um, I know I've got my brother, but I passed him long ago. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 Rich, I, I feel you I... on that. <laughs> hey, I, honestly, I think Dave might be better. So, um, but, 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 but We got the we got the take We got the jolardies. Really well, what yeah, about the, Wil- the Wiltons The Wiltons—you got three Wiltons yeah. right now, flying, right? Yeah. You got the Mapstones, you got the Lacusieres, hell, yeah. even Casey and Annette Campbell, yeah, right. There's so many rivalries that that are kind of out there, without being rivalries, right. but you see it in any head-to-head match, and I've never seen somebody want that match more than those matches, the cost checks.
1: I, I think, love uh, I
2: love those yeah. matches.
1: I, I, I think... really love those matches. <laughs> okay, well. if, 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 if anybody
3: knows, if anybody knows, I've never beat Dexter.
1: <laughs> They're I my mean, favorite matches. Rich, but, I, I,
2: well, Rich owns me on like every time we play the Autumn Open, we always end up on seventeen, eighteen. So I, I never have a chance even before we get in there. But uh, that's I the think he's he, at,
1: yeah. oh, he has that... to play on 17-18 too.
2: Yeah, but I'm in my own mind. <laughs> um, apparently, <laughs> uh, uh.
3: <laughs> I I actually find those matches the toughest, right? Because they they know your weaknesses, they know they know your strengths, right? What's my weakness? Yes. I uh, honestly, it's probably girls. But in all in all in all honesty, like I Dexter can laugh at this. When we, when we play against each other, we literally we literally I don't talk to him. Like I, I don't even look at him. I don't even talk to him. You should really start notice. because
2: that has That's not That's why you out lose well you. Exactly. Keynote No no
3: I, I, I was that nice guy once. I remember it was Collingwood, I think it was eleven and twelve. Uh I think we're in the the fourth fourth frame or fifth frame of the third game in a match and I shook his hand. And he's like, Why are you shaking my hand? I'm like, Well, you can't get a four fifty and the next ball you throw breaks a thousand. I'm not getting a four digits against me. And I, and I literally shook his hand, and I laughed. I, <laughs> thought you,
0: I thought you said you were the nice guy. You were clearly not being yeah. the nice guy. <laughs> <And> then we, <laughs> then I the faced nice you story. in
1: TPC in Edmonton, and I'm facing you, and you. I, I go to shake your hand at the start of the game, and you won't even shake my hand. You sit there, and you stare, stare <laughs> straight forward. You will not slap my hand. You will not <laughs> talk to me. You will not shake my hand. You were obnoxious. Yeah. And then Realize. I... I remember, like, throwing – I was so mad. I was so angry that I forgot about bowling completely. I just wanted to hammer you. And, then, uh, and so I threw a, a six-bagger at you, and I think it was probably the biggest fist pump I've had in my life. And this is when we just started doing live stream. So, like, two days later, I went back, and I watched that fist pump, like, six times. So. <laughs> Whenever you're having a bad day, hey eh? Just pop up just like, that video. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Still have it on your phone.
1: Uh, I gotta find it somewhere. It's on YouTube. Send it to Tim. Yeah. <laughs> I think families are a, a really big part of the sport. It's a really big part of the competitive side of the sport for sure. You know, and that, that's really what's keeping a lot of it alive. I mean, like, I mean, Danny Bear, Shelly Bear's son. You know, stuff like that all the time. It's it's always seems to be family oriented,
4: and and uh-huh. and I love it.
1: That, yeah. That's what makes this game so great, too.
4: It's not, it's not even uh, it's not even the families. What if, uh, like I know me and Adam, we're 10 years difference. We almost have uh, a weird connection where whenever we play each other, because here's a guy who took me under his wing, and now I'm sure that you're starting to see it with Evan. Like, if you're playing Evan in a match, do you not get that same sort of feeling? Like, here's this guy I watched grow up. Here's this guy I helped coach. Here's this guy I tried to mirror uh, and here I am playing them for so many dollars thousand dollars two thousand yeah. dollars right potentially. So I, 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 I think know. I think it
3: I think our generation is a lot different than it was fifteen years ago, or even longer. I mean, in the I heard the stories about the Stan Black era and all that other stuff out there. But I mean, most of us I mean, whether regardless or family, not, we travel together. We we're pretty good friends all together. We kind of yeah. have such a great camaraderie. It, it, we're not actually cheering against anybody anymore really it seems like we're more rooting them on it's a different it's a different vibe but we still want to beat them don't get me wrong I want to beat all of you but it's not it's, at all costs no no it's not and we're not and, you know, honestly we encourage people to play we're not yes. not encouraging them or not letting them know that their defense are not enough because that you take my spot away it's it's not like that anymore right uh, yeah. and that's where I kind of think that it's cliche to say that, but even though we have families bowling, it's more of a family altogether. It's a far more
1: benevolent community. Um, I had someone approach me today with a topic, and it, it's it's interesting because we got into the conversation almost immediately about it. And uh, so it was approached to me by a woman, just so everyone knows, but uh, her question was, why has this game become or has been really dominated by men um, in a sport that like really could be and should be level across the board she was really curious as to why is it that men tend to dominate the game regardless so
0: I, I think it's sheer numbers I, I it's, for just, sure. it's just the numbers game there's a lot more men that play the game um, I, that's, that's
4: not necessarily true. I know for Paradise's mm. leagues, the leagues section, not the competitive yeah. side of it, but the leagues, it's 50-50. It really is. So yeah, I don't, actually, I, I don't know right. why.
0: In your scratch league, what is the, what is the ratio? Oh, it's eight, eight,
1: 80-20. Yeah, but I guess. Is there a question? Is there a reason why the ladies aren't moving into sure. that competitive side? Now, I, I, I think, yeah. I think there, I think men we definitely do have an advantage and and that that is natural ball speed it it definitely does give us a room for error that the ladies don't always have we can hit thicker we can hit thinner we hit thin it, at at our ball speed we can push the pins all the way across we can hit thicker because our ball is there so quickly it still has rotation on it so i think i think the natural increase in ball speed for men is an absolute advantage, and especially when you start looking at certain houses. Like again, uh, I hate to like say it again, but like Bonnie Doon is is a prime example. You know, um, there's a reason why the men's scores are significantly higher that, than the ladies. So I, I think there, I think there is a, a a genetic advantage to it for just ball speed alone, really. I and I could be
3: wrong. Um, but I think a lot of our stuff with ladies not playing on a higher competitive level more than males is unfortunately males they don't they don't have babies they don't have families that they have to take care of a lot of the times. A lot of these ladies out there we see right now in our generation are having children and it's unfortunate that a lot of them I think take time off and it's I think it's and they don't necessarily continue through uh, on a, on the same kind of pace as what males would, right? And do I think that's wrong? Oh, well, I think so. I think, you know, but it just seems that way. You, you know what I mean? Like, how many kids out there have, have like, you, you look at somebody like Morgan, right? Morgan family comes first with Morgan, right? And you know what? And I don't disagree with that at all. But I, I think, you know, Morgan has to pick and choose what events she has to play, right? She wants to play the open. She can't play all the cash tournaments. She has kids at home. Unfortunately, you know, she's the caregiver too, right? Because her husband's out working at the, at the you know. And I think that situation might be not so, it's, it's it could be very similar to other situations out there. I think it's partially wrong with society. I mean, I think, you know, in a way that our bowling centers are always open to have kids there. But I think, unfortunately, I, I see it a lot in our community where, if they had to pick and choose who gets to play in that family, unfortunately, most times it's the male. Right? I think I've seen more often because the women say, oh, "I'll stay home with the kid" or or stuff like that. it's a little bit different, but I've seen it a lot outside. And I'm hoping I'm not tu- you know stepping on people's toes in that. But I I think it has a lot to do with the family life too.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely think you know the ball speed is probably the <laughs> biggest factor. That is also, uh, that that natural side. Quite, quite honestly, I, the, the the numbers are, are they're probably very similar in in the overall scheme, but in the competitive side, uh, just the the sheer numbers again. What you're saying, Kerry, very male dominated uh, uh, number wise. I think just in general men have a little bit more of that competitiveness in them also right that that natural that natural adrenaline a, a lot of times uh, a lot of ladies don't like hanging around with all that male dominance of some of the bowlers are just jackasses like right? a, a lot of women do not want to be around that environment now, there, there's definitely some some extremely talented females on, on tour in, in, in all around Canada. Um, most of them, uh, the higher competitive ones, uh, they, they it's almost like they play like men, right? Like yeah. uh, Jen, Jen, Jen Baker throws a, a, a very powerful ball. Jen, Jen Marshall-Smith, right? Uh, extremely, like, it, it just it's a different mindset. Karen Armstrong. Right. Uh, of course, you're still going to have you know the the slower ball bowlers, the uh, Dian Violini, uh, obviously, um, I- I extremely competitive but extremely accurate also. Yes. Right. So, uh, yeah, yes, there's outside factors, the family factors. He uh, certainly cannot dispute that uh, at all. But it, yeah, a lot, a lot of different factors. I, honestly, I think it's it is the numbers game, and uh, definitely the the natural ball speed is probably the two biggest factors.
0: I think, and um, to be that competitive, it's a big time sink too, right? I know in order to get as good as some players have gotten, it's taken a lot of practice, a lot of time, and you you run into a situation where a lot of these young women are just starting to go to school, they're finding jobs. They don't have the, the time sink that I think guys tend to make a lot more time for sports than... a. A female would it's just the way i look at it i know i played i played sports all the way through and i just made time if i wasn't working i was out playing a sport i think that it's a different mindset there too and i think that does have something to do with the how you come about into a competitive side of things as well
3: i think women can compete with men like and oh, I, yeah. it honestly there's a stigma out there with that i think and it really bugs me right if if you look at it, my female to male record, I I probably lose the more I lose the ladies way often, and uh, I, I I just think that uh, I maybe we have to encourage them more too. You know, maybe there's something we can do on that end. But I I I don't like the stigma of that because it's something we've never, or at least any of us here have never. Uh, I feel like we've done that so. Yeah, so this, this sort of story.
1: leads into this. Sorry, this sort of leads into the next part of this conversation that I had. Um, we started talking about the uh, the ladies' invitational, and, and uh, she loved it. And honestly, I think I think we all really appreciate what happened there. But I I kind of I kind of love and hate it um, at the same time. I, I think we're all uh, all for creating opportunities for everybody. But with that being said, um, it was awesome to have all these ladies come out and compete in something because they really wanted to compete in it at that level. But it kind of changed the invitational itself for us. It, it became a ladies' invitational and a male invitational, and that was really something that we we had never really wanted. It was the first year that we didn't have a lady in it, and it was because they, pl- they ended up playing in the ladies' invitational. I think that the ladies can absolutely compete with the guys. I think that, I think we, I think the guys do honestly have an advantage, but I think the ladies can beat us and play with us any single day. So I'm not really a big fan of separating the men and the ladies, but that being said, too, I mean, it kind of brings into a a whole different sort of topic where, um, we are allowed to have ladies only events. We're allowed to have ladies only leagues. But I mean, I think if we, if we started up a men's league, I think, I think that that would be really hard these days. And I I don't, I don't really think that's fair. I don't want a men's only league. I really like playing with the ladies, but I think it's an, an odd stigma where it's okay to have a ladies league, but it's not okay to have a men's league anymore. So I don't know. It's, it's really it's a really different sort of time period while he's
3: here i, I we've always discussed on on events and stuff like that and um, the, the autumn open being 40 top 40 right you know yeah. i want to know what your opinion is on that cuz i know some people say top 32 sometimes <sighs> some people say top 40 right and uh, yeah. as 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 you know manager and you know committee member there i just want to know what your uh, what your views on that are?
4: Before before uh, Dexter chimes in, I just <laughs> want to let Dexter know that he was thirty second this year. Um, you would have made consolation. Congratulations. <laughs> um, uh,
1: not not in your format. You don't run a consolation. I would have been thirty second spot, and it would. No, have made uh,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I love I love forty. You know why I love forty? Because it gives eight more guys who don't normally make a cut that experience to make a cut and to continue playing in the sport. I can take an example off the top of my head uh, A Bailey Lawson, uh, part of the uh, tour now. He's now made three uh, 40s. He's never made the 16s, but uh, he's going around to every tournament and he just cracked the TPC for the very first time. Now here's a kid who, if we don't do top 40 at the Autumn Open, uh, because he did uh, two times just squeak in. I I believe his first-ever cut, he squeaked in for 39th or 40th. He gets that experience. He gets to wake up Sunday morning, and he gets to play with 39 of the best. At the end of the day, eight more spots for bowlers where the money is a little bit more spread out, I don't think hurts the game. We're not doing a consolation I don't want bowlers to come in and saying, oh well, you know what? My goal is to make the consolation." No, you want to make the top forty. My my goal is not to create as many entries as possible. My my goal is to create a competitive tournament. Yeah, I you know right? um, I, yeah, why much. do I want Tim Wiseman spending six hundred dollars? Like, or what happened? What happened in uh, TVC I'd really love to know the numbers of how many times guys came out further east. From say Thunder Bay and re-entered. Uh, oh, wow. all of them. All of them actually. But okay. Yeah, Mark... yeah, I, I don't like that though. I really it just there's something about it that just jars me the wrong way. Okay, I think a so... top forty is yeah, but is geez. a number. It's...
3: I I'm okay, Mark, I wanna I wanna clarify the reason why I asked you is not yeah. to make you defend something, I just wanted you to talk about it, right? Um I'm not trying to like bash it. I okay. personally on a level I like the top 40. Yeah. One is because I I've made the top 40 but I haven't made the top 32, right? Yeah. But but bes- besides that it it to me I I get the numbers game and I your your tournaments unique to the rest of them, right? Yeah. Where you guys are the 40s and I get that. Yeah. That's that's perfectly fine. I'm okay with unique or different for each event. Same as you guys don't you're the only one that doesn't have a consolation qualifier that makes the top 40 and that's okay i mean that's the way that's the way you always ran it just wanted your perspective of it i didn't want to sorry if you take like okay. you feel you have so, to defend it you don't have to so
4: no, no so anyways at the end of the day um like you said it's unique i love the top 40 aspect of it mm-hmm. what what we could do to drive more entries is we're looking into a potential thursday event with a friday morning shift to get bowlers there earlier I know uh, I looked at the TPC's uh, entries and that Friday morning shift is just taking off. Uh, it's unreal I think you guys had what 30, 35 44, entries that. Forty four. Forty five. So yeah, you just you just you're getting guys in there you're getting forty eight more spots to, to re enter where uh, I think that's our next step. I don't know if going thirty twos in a consolation is. With that said. I don't see a change happening in regards to the top forty. That's okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're we're always talking. I yeah, go ahead. I I get I guess I mean, it's
3: it's a good thing that we're talking about this that the you are involving uh, uh, evolving it as in you're adding something maybe to Thursday or the the Friday morning shift. You know, ten years ago we wouldn't be talking about that. Right? So yeah, uh, and so that's so the other thing about awesome. that's a positive, right? Do you, So do You maybe you, can you explain what's going on that Thursday, if you have an idea?
4: Yeah, so I've brought it up with a couple of you guys. We're looking for, obviously, something unique. Heritage does their shootout. TPC does their invitational. Re, Regina puts on a pretty good triples. Uh, we're looking to kind of mirror the triples out in Regina, but instead of a triples, uh, we're looking at a doubles. So... If I'm going to go into it, I, I can't say this is 100%, but if we do it, uh, we'd be looking for 18 uh, doubles. Uh, you play five games. Uh, honestly, with doubles, uh, we're looking at half an hour game, and that's that's way over predicting it. There's no reason. It shouldn't be more than 20 minutes. But you never know if uh, if Adam Weber plays. It could be 30 minutes. <laughs> but, uh, and then uh, from there, we'll take the top six, and we'll do an autumn open finals format with doubles and with uh, instead of 50 points per game uh, to the winning team, we'll do a hundred points. You play five more games and we'll pay out the top six spots. Uh, we're hmm. looking to drive in bowlers. Like I know Ontario, Southern Ontario is really tough because they're, they got the same club tour uh, going on that weekend, but I'm looking just one more reason for guys to come out to play the event. Uh, it's, it's got, it's, it's turning into of, uh, you, like the Autumn opens a tournament. I feel it's turning into an event. It's turning into the WCBT yeah. is just it's blowing up and it's awesome. And I want to see the bowlers, uh, the the Sylvains, the Maximes, uh, the Johnnies, uh, the Shanes. I want to see them come out to Autumn Open and get them to experience that tournament as well. Because I feel like uh, a lot of bowlers are missing out on probably that I'm very biased. Probably one of the best formats out there.
2: I think it's the best one.
4: Yeah, no, I'm 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 fully
2: on board with you, Mark, with the whole autumn open. So uh, I know I was I was definitely you know working very closely with uh, with your team there uh, when we had the opportunity to, to, to keep that tournament in Calgary. The, yeah. the the top forty, it it just allows those extra little group of guys. To make that cut, and it, it's yeah. so key to keep these guys on the tour. Also, right? Because they, yeah. they, they will play Red Deer, they will play Edmonton. They they may not get to Regina, right? But they they will still play local. The, all the locals want a, a reason to play the 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 Darren Prices of the world,
4: right? Yeah. Who who's, who
2: have a chance every single time, and yeah. They, it, Rob Wolsten
4: still will make forty first, but um,
2: yeah. you look at
4: uh, uh, You look at a. You look at a Jen Marshall Smith and a Tracy Smith, who, yeah. uh, and we bring up the, the term about women playing with men. These girls kicked butt. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. both beat me for eight games plus another 15 for 23 games.
0: And uh, Annette Campbell, yeah. Yeah, you guys keep talking uh, about that, but Annette Campbell's played with the guys for yeah. how many years on this yeah. year? She hasn't yeah. missed events. Yeah. yeah she's she's, she's, she's a prime example she's a, she's of a, a female stud. player yeah. on tour.
4: Yeah, well, we had three women in the final 16, so this whole notion of, of women not being able to compete is hogwash, in my opinion. But yeah, absolutely, um, it's uh, it's just a stigma, really. But like like Tim said, uh, with women, uh, you you never know. A family could be around the corner. You just and you'll have to step away, and, and it's easier for for guys to, to stay in the game. But, anyways, back to the autumn. I love it. We're, we're giving 40 guys 8 games, uh, and then we're giving 16 bowlers 15 more games. I played your TPC tournament. I was fortunate enough to make the cut. I played 9 games, 9.5 games. Uh, made just as much money. That autumn, that autumn day, that is a long day, and that's what I love about it. It is a grind. I, you are playing 23 games. If I'm you not going to gonna lie to you. If, if,
3: if, if you're <laughs> like me, who bottom with the barrel in the 16s, after game 9 you're really hoping it's almost finished. Uh, <laughs> all um, right?
1: But but you know it's you know it's part of the game, right? I just want to point out that when I was like really overweight, I mean I'm a little overweight now, but when I was really <laughs> overweight and I I won TPC and I ran both sides, I played 33 games that day and yeah, it, I was
4: dead.
0: Yeah, when I won, um, yeah. when I won Regina it was 33 games. Brutal. Yeah, that's, it's, it's that it. is. But that the guy who comes sixteenth
4: is going to play. Yeah, it it it's. I don't know. We're giving more bowlers opportunities to bowl perfect games. Um no. <laughs> it's, it's not a lie. <laughs> you're, never, you're never
0: going to happen. When you get aces <laughs> on the eleventh shot. It's never going to happen.
4: Throw a better ball. Yeah, <laughs> what, 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 you need what, it. Weber Weber
3: got twelve. Didn't you get twelve on four forty seven?
0: Yeah, he oh, did I breaks the last five shots though, and he got twelve count strikes all the time.
2: I've thrown I've thrown bricks for thirty years.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: seems um, to work. I
0: want I want to say that that's awesome that you're adding
1: in that event, Mark. I think it's great. I I love I love the fact that we're at a point with the tour where all the tournaments are not afraid of evolving and not afraid of change. It seems like every year there's something tweaked with each event, and 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 I love it. I, I just it's just growth, and it's yeah. nice to see. Growth and not being afraid to move forward with things. I remember when we started that morning shift, that Friday morning shift, and everyone was like, why are you doing that? And we had 12 people. And then the next thing you know, we had 20. And then the next thing we know, we had 25. And now we have 44. And that's that's huge. And and I, I love it. I love that people are not afraid of change, at least on the tour standpoint. We're quick to do it.
4: Yeah. And who knows, maybe... Maybe one day when I retire, it'll go to 32s. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have
1: to. It is just an opinion.
2: I think that Thursday, you know, potential, you know, little side tournament there might definitely help. It's going to definitely help uh, drive a lot more pros out there for for the youth event, which would be perfect also. Right. And and then if, if the players are there, then yeah, why not play that Friday morning shift? Right, and then all, all so, of a sudden, now now you jump twenty entries, like the yeah. in, instantly,
3: right? We, we we found the Thursday, honestly, most times, and the Friday morning shift actually encouraged three buys instead of two buys, right? Because they're more than, they're more than willing to play the Friday morning, maybe not play
2: Friday afternoon,
0: or you like have the Fridays. Money,
2: 10. you you you, you, yeah. you have the cut fair, money to fair. justify three shifts. So even fair. with those twenty entries, uh, three three shifts is, is tough to justify when you know your cut money is two fifty,
4: right? Versus well, was, versus, versus five
2: hundred or, or we, whatever we, it is, right? Yeah, three
4: three hundred. Yeah, we did one hundred and fifty four. We did uh, three hundred qualifying. Uh, it's not hard to do the math. You got forty people. You need <laughs> four thousand more dollars, right? But that's how yeah. many entries is that? That's twenty more entries. And we're at you could pay, play twice and get your money back for both. But with that said, actually, fun fact, the Autumn Open used to be 32s. They went to 40s because it expanded too quickly. I talked to the old, uh, the old guys there, uh, Don Simmer and Barry Ellert and uh, those old school guys, and they were 32. And because there were so many bowlers, and they found that bowlers were getting discouraged because there's too many bowlers and they couldn't make a cut, that they had to expand it to forty. And that's what I'm scared of about going to 32. I love your tournament, guys, but you're gonna turn away more <laughs> and more people every year because you got way so many entries. I'm gonna say it does hit a point of saturation, though, guys. It's it's gonna For hit sure. a point where what's happening with Regina. Uh, I can't go out there and throw 2,200. Uh, that's what a, that's what a, that's what a bowler's thinking. Not, <laughs> not, but that, and every and fringe thought, player no, 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 is I, 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 thinking I was, that. Yeah. And on a serious note, guys, you guys are—I uh, know you guys talk about the local bowlers getting involved. It's almost impossible now because this thing's too big. You got too many good bowlers coming from too many places. Oh, our local bowlers. A local, are really a lo- good. Yeah, a local bowler could average two fifty to make a cut. A local bowler has a very tough time averaging two seventy, and that's what the cuts are now.
3: I—I I, I think honestly, I think our event is—is kind of different. Uh, it's kind of seen differently, I think. Now, uh, our satellites are not necessarily taking the amount of bowlers we used to get with it, but yeah. view the viewers of it see always see it, it's around. Oh, TPC's coming up this weekend. TPC this, TPC yeah. that. Yeah. I really you guys feel do a phenomenal job at that. But I really feel like a lot of our locals feel it as a city championship too, in a way, right? They have pride in the, in that event, and I think that's where they're willing to if they had a choice between. This event and maybe either a Masters or an Open, they're choosing the, the TPC a little bit more, I think, just because one, the cash value with it too, but I think it's also they see it as a, as a city championship more. Yeah.
4: That's
3: right. Um, you really guys, uh,
4: with, with that said too, uh, you guys out of TPC do an absolutely phenomenal job in regards to social media and just going out and asking the bowlers to play. Um, and I think that's why you guys got so. Such big numbers and you guys deserve the credit where credit is due. Give yourself like give yourselves a pat on the back. You guys killed it. You guys yeah. went out there, you promoted the crap out of it, and you got bowlers coming from Newfoundland. Right? You got bowlers coming from Quebec. You guys did awesome. To, but to but, be, to but be what honest, that said. To, yeah. Yeah. How many how many locals made the cut?
3: Oh, ten, twelve, fifteen. I'm not
4: talking I'm not talking to Tim and Dexters. I'm talking about They didn't make out. the
0: cut, Miller. Yeah,
4: <laughs>
3: we uh, actually Adam Adam Weber is a local bowler. He started playing Sundays. Turns, <laughs> yeah. I they didn't
0: make the Thursdays. cut either, so don't talk about it.
4: I guess a better question a better question would be how many non tour how many non tour members made the cut.
3: Actually, honestly, very few. I think I think Kerry can look at that probably on the stats.
4: I think but you're gonna you know what? More. I, I'll it's be turning honest, into a the,
0: tour, though, right? I yeah, know. it's
4: awesome. I think it's awesome.
2: I love but, it, but but you need that local support for sure, right? And, and, and at least do you need in, it now in, anymore. In, 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 Calgary, in Calgary, you still need that, right? Especially when with those other factors, and you still have to be able to drive entries. Having those extra eight spots for the local, you know, bowlers yeah. who, who who could average two fifty five, two sixty to make it. Yeah, like I said, twenty one eighty to make a cut in a TPC, twenty two hundred every year in Regina. The, the, you, you won't get nearly as many people traveling to Regina uh, a- anymore, and the, the the local guys. Yeah, they're they're not all there anymore. No. It's uh, it, it, it's going away it, it, from that, but but it is going towards the big tour mentality, which isn't necessarily a bad thing either. But then I think that's where we need to drive the, all the, those extra satellites, right? We're, like mm-hmm. The big yeah. satellites where you got the plus 230s or, or above 230s, below 230s, that's how you can still get those local bowlers in there for relatively cheap, and, and that really drives entries. Yeah,
0: for the, sure. The thing too, Mark, with your guys' tournament, like, your, your 40 cut's still over 260. It's not yeah. 250, right? Like, nope. you're, you're, you're going to... With this the amount of people stuff, yeah. showing up, the, the scores are just going to keep climbing. So, like, do you all of a sudden down the road say, well, now we need 48 spots if we want to keep our local bo- local players that, playing? That's that's just
4: it with the – I was actually going to – I was actually ironically going to bring that up. Why? Uh, TPC is getting such big numbers. Why not do a top 48 where 16 guys get a bye? Right? Because the numbers are getting so big. I'm just – what my, the point I'm trying to make is the, it's starting to get oversaturated, and instead of having one in five guys make the cut, you're having one in seven, right? And I just – I want everybody uh, as many – well, obviously 40. I want more people to experience the Sunday morning because there just isn't a feeling like it in bowling, and that's why I get up and go to these tournaments. That feeling Sunday morning walking in and looking uh, looking to your left, looking to your right, and seeing – Thirty-two or forty guys of uh, who played just as well as you, and you guys are going to hammer it out today for the for the championship. And uh, mm-hmm. you want to be there. And it's to those kids listening, uh, to the guys who haven't made a cut yet, keep playing. It's going to happen. And once you once you make that Sunday morning cut, you're you're hooked. You're you're hooked for life. Yeah. It, it's such a good feeling. It's such a cool mm-hmm. feeling.
1: And that being said, for the young bowlers out there listening. If you're just getting into it, uh, I I know it's a lot of money. I know it's two hundred dollars, but don't think about it as throwing away money either. Everything you do creates experience. I started playing the cash tournaments when I was sixteen. I lost. I I mean I I put in my two hundred dollars and I I I didn't make a cut for a number of years. But you learn how to do it. It's not money lost. It's it's money used Best to gain it. experience.
4: Yeah, it's yeah. an investment, absolutely. And, and and with that said, it took me it took me three years to make the autumn uh, cut. First two years, I wasn't even close. So, were uh, you thirty three to forty,
3: or were you over thirty uh,
4: two? thirty four. Oh, I wouldn't there
3: have made it. Go okay, there we go. No, that, that's that's prime example for
4: for your your opinion. Obviously, it's uh, the tournament's got a special place for me, and uh, yeah. Anybody listening? Thanksgiving weekend, twenty nineteen thursday event uh let's uh let's uh, let's bring as many people down to this as possible and let's keep this tour just getting bigger and bigger i love it
0: all right guys well so i just like the rule we'll just wrap this up thanks very much for coming out bringing up all these topics and uh some stuff that may cause some controversy we'll see what we can get out of it but uh <laughs> thanks again guys
1: all right thanks, thanks mark thanks guys thanks, guys. thanks guys.